Military Mom Talk Radio. We know behind every soldier, sailor, airman, and marine is the family supporting them. With over 200 episodes in 17 countries, over five seasons, with three million monthly listeners, we are Radio Strong. Now, here are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. Hey, everybody, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here today with proactive parenting expert Sharon Silver. And we are going to talk siblings because I spent the last week in Buffalo at home with my adult grown siblings. And wow, there was a lot 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 going on and it was amazing how quickly i was brought back to childhood feelings of insecurity unworthiness nobody's noticing me i'm working the hardest and everybody else is just looking at me like i'm still just the baby sister and all of those things came up full force for me and i am so excited to talk about this today because I'm also putting together a uh, Julia Cameron workshop that I host every Monday night and sibling issues came up this week with seven of the nine people in our program. So sibling issues are a big deal. Yeah, they are a big deal. And thank you for having me, Sandra. It's good to be back with you. You too. So you've yeah. got siblings. Woohoo! I have a sibling and I am so busy right now with everything that's on my plate that I couldn't even attend your workshop so we could talk about this. So I get you, you know, <laughs> I'm in the thick of it. Um, I think that the sibling issue um, with adult siblings is really challenging because we are empowered and we are clear about our own destiny. Yes. And when we are put in front of our siblings or beside our siblings, our own destiny is not what shows up. The inner child is what makes the appearance. Yes. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, when you talked about like, you know, individuation and, you know, being an individual, you know, like I'm a company owner, I'm a radio host, I'm a celebrated speaker and author. But the minute I step in my parents' door, I am the younger one who doesn't know anything. And I think it was really hard for me to not recognize that I am my own independent person yeah, and I'm not going to be lumped together. Like in one of the family situations that happened when we were caring for my dad, one of my family members said, oh, well, you know, those are the girls. The girls just fight. The girls have a problem. The girls don't get along. And I'm like, uh, excuse me. I get along with, you know, friends, family, coworkers, you know, hosts. I'm like, I'm not the sibling that is hard to get along with. And I think for some of us being dumped in the same well as a difficult sibling in res it, it res with that results in trauma. So like when you have a sibling that you don't get along with and then there's an argument, it's not, hey, this person is being unreasonable. There's an unreasonable adult and a reasonable adult in the room. It's just, oh, well, the girls are fighting. Well, so what you just described is really perfect. It's the, um, it is the sibling conflict because the moment you walk in that door, you are no longer seen as the individual adult who's accomplished in the world. You're instantly categorized with your previous reputation. Yes. And 
as adults, we have to go in there and we almost have to stand our ground and announce who we are, who we have become. I certainly have had to do that. And, you know, as a child, I was always known for having a very big mouth and for always getting in trouble. In fact, I'm going to tell a story in a second that will illustrate that. So in the years that I've been taking care of my mom and moved back to the Bay Area and with my sister, there have been moments where I said, you know, I hear what you have to say. That was the former me. And I'd like you to drop that and see me for who I am. And the, for me, the issues with having a big mouth or speaking up, look who I am now. I am a public speaker. I talk about parenting and feelings all day long. If I had not had that as part of my soul, I would not be who I am today. Once I announced that, they went, Oh. Hey, Sharon, I'm just going to stop you for a second because it's a great time to thank our sponsor. And our sponsor has been supporting the military community through Military Mom Talk Radio for over two years now. So we just want to give them a shout out and thank them for that. Our sponsor today is Best Fiends. And you guys know how much I love Best Fiends. I talk about it all the time because it's my little friend in my pocket. I carry it wherever I go on my cell phone. And it's a mobile puzzle game that anyone can download and play. And whether you have a few minutes or a few hours, Best Fiends is the perfect puzzle game to lose yourself in because you're having so much fun and it's a total boredom buster it's a mood booster and I just love the little characters they're super cute like there's a little purple bug that is named Cece and she has these like long eyelashes and when she blinks it makes me laugh and right now I just opened my phone and I opened up to Cece's winning wheel and I get to beat new levels on the first try and then I get to spin Cece's winning wheel and a new jackpot unlocks every time you spin and it's just so much fun you guys I'm doing it right now and she just gave me this portal to a new season opening and you guys it's just really fun the characters are cute and the graphics are fabulous they're so much fun it's like this whole little world you've got cute characters that help you solve thousands of puzzles and the more you play the more characters you collect and the more win the more challenges you face so there are new characters and challenging puzzles added all the time and you're going to want to go to the season of festivals there's only 19 days left in the season of festivals so check it out you're going to love this download best fiends free today on the app store or google play that's friends without the r best fiends i'm way over level 300 which gives you an idea of how much i play this game i want you to download Best Fiends free today on the App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R Best Fiends. Now we're talking today to parenting expert Sharon Silver and we're talking about adult relationships with siblings and boy when they drive you bananas whip out Best Fiends. It'll put you in a good mood after you finish fighting with your sister or brother. So Sharon you were talking to us about some of the things that we can do. What I would invite everyone who's listening to do is look at a picture of family tree. And what you'll see is that the siblings are all on the same arm as each other. Now, what that basically means is that siblings will provide a lifelong lesson for you. They're the people who see you unvarnished. They're the people that tell you the truth. They're the people that are not gonna spare your feelings. They're the ones that you have a common bond. Um, you know, it's basically like, 
you have to negotiate and compromise and work with this person, even though you don't like them at this moment. You love them, but you don't like them. So that's your first laboratory of how to get along with partners and boyfriends and friends. Mm -hmm. So that's really what's going on. And some of us have moved past that. And some of us have not. Right. Well, and, you know, when you say, you know, you talk about telling you the truth, it's their truth. Like, that's the one thing that I found really loud and clear, because my truth is I am divorced. I am successful. I am a single mother. I am a good friend. And I am a certified fitness instructor on top of having a master's in business. So if I want to train someone while I was home, I was helping a sibling who has a sore hip. I'm like, I can show you three stretches that we can do and you know it'll help alleviate that pain and so you know as i'm demonstrating of course siblings come in and they're wanting to tell me what to do point things out and i just ignored it and then the one sibling got mad and goes well nobody's listening to me anyway and because there are positional roles in the family that existed you know, in when you guys were in elementary school, middle school and high school that don't exist today. I'm one of the highest educated in my family now. So my pecking order went from the baby girl who knew nothing to somebody who's actually highly skilled. And when highly skilled baby daughter tries to tell older brother what to do, he's happy with that. But older sister not having any of it because right. now we're getting into rank order. You don't get to do these things because that's my place. I'm the medical person. I'm the this person right. with no recognition that everyone has evolved into adult roles. Right. So, you know, I think that when it comes to um, having conversations with siblings, you stay in the present and you want to look at, you know, for your own safety and for your own mental health, you ask yourself the question, why would this person be standing on this platform? Why is this person really doing everything they can to protect their position in the family? Mm -hmm. What's underneath that? And when you start looking at who that person is disconnected from you, and that involvement of you as an inner child. Now you start having compassion and empathy because you see them as an individual who is struggling with this. It just happens to be landing on you. But for the moment, clearly this person is struggling to protect their position in the family. How do they feel about their position in their own family now, in their world? What's going on with them? Right. Well, and yeah. one thing I noticed too, and now you had two, I had more siblings and I had you know, cousins and family, we were a big, you know, unit like that. There is a huge need, including myself, in my siblings for significance. Yes. And when you have significance, then things seem to die down. But what you can't do is have two people have significance in that same arena. And right. that's where things start to bump up against each other and kind of get ugly. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And, you know, that significance is dictated by how your parents treated you when you were tiny. You know, in my world, um, with my sister and I, my mother came from a family where it was all about competition. It was all about comparison. It was all about jealousy. And she literally would set it up by saying, well, who's on the A team today and who's on the B team? And, oh, yeah. And so we would basically have the idea in our mind, who is worthy today? Who is not worthy? And so that became a great big foundational issue. 
my sister is a lot more like my mother than I am, but my mother and I have very similar hobbies. So for me, I translated it as a tiny child of five and said, well, I'm just no good. I'm just the bad one. She's the star. She's the golden one. And it remained that way until we became adults and several things happened. We both scrambled for our rebellious years and became, you know, we flipped it on our, on its head and said, okay, I've always been the good girl. Now let's see what being the bad girl is going to be like. But we also got a chance to say, Hey, where'd you learn that? What's your story? How did you see it? And it was amazing how we started bonding because we both realized the pain of being compared to each other. Mm-hmm. And it really hurt. And so that's where we are now. Had we not worked on that, I don't think we could share the responsibilities of taking care of my mom right now, who's 85, has macular degeneration, can't hear. Um, you know, we would go, we'd be going after each other. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a big deal. It is a big deal. And, and what I'm finding is when you have more than one or two people in the mix, it's not an equal sharing of duties. It's not an equal, it's, and I've, I've come to realize that, you know, I'm starting to see some of my family members in a different light because of the issues around my dad going, hmm, you know, you were presented to the world as this savior this helper this you'll make everything right and now you're out the open door and the troublemaker the one who's always the problem is the one picking up the pieces doing the heavy lifting yeah Hmm. like let's you know and that's what i'm saying is these redefinition of roles as people have evolved in the family unit and how many people pitch in and how what I've learned too in this last trip is how incredibly selfish and self-centered family members can be that I didn't recognize growing up. I thought it was always my fault. Now yeah, I'm like, yeah. wow, you're just kind of selfish and mean. And that's, that's who you've become. Yeah. And that's a, you know, that's a great period of growth for you because now you can see it separate from you, separate from your childhood. And the only way that I've been able to deal with this and what I suggest to my clients is acceptance, acceptance of, okay, this is the action that you've shown me, the behavior you've shown me. You've told me the truth about who you are today and how you want to handle it. And I have two choices. I can let this into my life and have it explode in my life and keep feeding it and feeding it and, and rolling it over, which is just causing me problems. Right. Or I can just say, okay, I can accept that. And now I'm going to move on. And right. I've had to do some of that as well. Um, I have realized that based on the fact that I had messages that were sent to me as a child, take care of your sister, go help your sister, take care of me. I'm your mom, do this for me, that I became the rescuer. I became the stable one. I became the one you can rely on. And to this day, that is who I am. Me too. Um, it is It is who I am, period. And I'm not going to change that. So then it really became, am I going to absorb the negativity and roll this around and backstab and reputationalize and keep going with this? Or am I just going to say, that's the way it goes. My husband has been really helpful here because he has an objective point of view Mm -hmm. and he can look at it and say, you know who you are, you know who she is. Are you going to let it get under your skin or you're going to keep moving? Because this is not going to change. Taking care of our parents is not going to change. And it's not going to get easier. No. (laughs) 
No. And that's one of the things that, you know, my kids, especially my younger one was with me the whole time. And he's like, mom, you know, this family member, he says, you know, she insults you and you don't even hear it or, or she dismisses you when you start talking, she talks over you. And he's like, and then this family member, he said, you're so busy cleaning the table and doing everything else, this family member only gets up to help when people are watching. Mm -hmm. And, you know, with these two little observations from my 15 year old kid, I sat down and I thought, you know what, I'm just going to observe for one day. Mm -hmm. And what I noticed was, you know, these particular family members, when nobody was around, they're not doing anything. But as soon as a, a primary primary family member comes in the room, they get up, oh, can I get you something to drink? They're puffing the pillows, they're going out pretending to do the laundry or the, you know, rush, 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 because I'm working all day. And then a minute when the family member leaves, they sit down and they're watching TV, they're on their phone. And I was thinking like, wow, you have a belief that you work hard all day long. Like what was told to me is I haven't had a day off in 25 years. And, you know, this person has grown children, has not, hasn't worked since 20 years old, is now almost 60. So, but the thing was, without being a sibling, I took off my sibling hat and I just observed and I thought, if this was a client who came to me with this kind of limiting belief, would I get mad? Would I mock that person in my head? Absolutely not. I would go, okay, this person, despite what I see, believes that they're this maligned, exhausted, overworked, and our there's beliefs become the realities. And that's yes. where bumping up with siblings, my beliefs are not the same as my siblings. My recollections are not the same. I experienced a different life than they did because we're all different. And when you're very different as siblings, of course, your experience is going to be different. I got yelled at all the time, all the time, no matter what I said, no matter what I did. Nobody understood me. You know, I didn't make sense and they still can't figure out. I love when somebody says, well, what does your sister do? And my siblings go, I don't really know because I don't fit neatly in a nurse, in an engineer, in a scientist. You know, all of those boxes are easy to check. And when you're that person, you realize that you are defining yourself. And that's really hard for family members to let you define yourself. Yes. And when you do define yourself, it's usually with the childhood wounds that you incurred that your siblings are, you know, just watering and continuing to flower and grow inside of you. Um, you know, the flip side of that is also that the, you know, in certain circumstances, I've seen people who have a sibling who won't engage and then chooses to engage by coming in and correcting what's already been done. Yes. And that's always fun. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I think that it, it really is a situation where one of the things I'm trying to teach parents to teach their children, but also shows up at this part in our life with siblings, is how aware are we of that first blush of a feeling? Mm -hmm. What do we do with that first blush? Do we push it down? Do we ignore it? Do we talk about it with ourselves? Do we honor it for the moment? Because truly, if you can grab that emotion in the moment, it usually takes about 90 seconds to flip that switch in your brain, do some breathing and let it go. 
But if you ruminate over it, if you drag it with you, if you want, I'm getting to the bottom of this and don't you dare talk to me, now you've watered it and that sucker is a full grown spruce. Right. Right. I mean, it really is. It really is amazing how and and how lifting off that this is a family member and I should deal with them the same way I deal with a difficult client, a difficult coworker, mm-hmm. changes the energy. Because one of the things that I saw going on when I was home and I saw, you know, with my cousins, I got together, I saw there's dances that we all do. You know, there's a dance that happens when an argument happens and it's a dance and it's a dance and it's a dance. Well, like you, I'm a professional and I don't dance with my clients. I don't dance with my coworkers. So why would I dance with a family member over the same stupid stuff 30 years later? Like I just pretended like I was an idiot. Well, that's a really good moment to talk about with people because when we know as adults and everything that we've learned about our own personal growth and our own journey is that you step aside from the anger. You do not engage with it. You right. wait, you take a breath. However, when you do that in the family system, they start pointing fingers at you and yep. they start trying to call you out for that. Yep. And all of a sudden now you've dropped from the frequency of awareness into you are bathed in mud big time and they don't care. Because now you've come down to playing at their level. And so I have, what what was important to me was to honor me finally in my life. Come hell or high water, I'm not going to dance with this. And I go silent. Now, my children know this about me really well. (laughs) If mom stops talking, we better rewind the video and think, where did I go wrong? And what is she talked about? Right. Well, now my family realizes if Sharon is not speaking, something I said was a little out of line. I even had family members look at me and say, that was over the top, wasn't it? And I'm like, a bit. Yeah, Yeah, a little. Yeah, but I'm not going to engage and correct you and argue with you. My family has no idea what I do. And for many years, I've been doing this for 30 years. I've written a book. I've had my own online TV show and radio show. That's how you and I knew each other. Right. They had no idea. And once they found out, they did not care to explore it or applaud me for it. Only my stepdad was the only one who ever did. So for a long time, that helped to define me. And it was very sad and it broke my heart. And then I thought, wait a minute. If I'm not looking for my source from them, Have I given myself another place to get those accolades and to get that applause? And if I haven't, that's on me. Right. But you don't go back into toxicity to be applauded. Right. You just don't. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's that's the one thing that I looked at that I, I was doing these same little old patterns that you know, when I was growing up, I had immigrant parents. So um, when you have immigrant parents, hardworking, you know, the more you contributed to the family, the more hardworking you are, the more esteem, you know, you got like, oh, you made some money. Oh, you, you mowed the lawn. Oh, you, you know, picked the green beans. Like those are all done. Like that was the thing. So it was like, the more you did, the more you, and what it created in my family dynamic was, you know, 75% of the kids became workaholics, overachievers, like, you know, and it really got to me when I was home thinking, 
how much is enough? Listening to one of my extended family members talk about her three degrees now, you know, she's got a law degree, she's got a business degree, and that's great. You know, that's great. And I found myself, Sharon, and this was so not like me, but I found myself just going, oh, that's wonderful. You must be so proud. Oh, that's terrific. And meanwhile, not there was not one question about how are your kids? How is your life? What yeah. are you doing? And okay. I, I started looking at, because, you know, I'm not deeply involved in the family dynamic because I live 3,000 miles away. So it's really only a couple times a year, fly home, see everybody. So then I'm thinking, this is not a fight I want to fight. This is not something I want to change. Yeah. So I looked at it like, you know, I used to work in corporate America and you know, when you would travel and they'd make you go to those stupid meet and greets and everybody had to go and no one wanted to be there except the guy eating shrimp. Cause he didn't want to, you know, like pay for dinner. You know what I'm talking about? You're forced to be there. You're forced to be polite and, you know, engaging and talk to people for most of the time I was home for a, certain group of family members that's how i played it i'm at a cocktail party i have to behave myself it's work i'm not going to take anything they say personally because the reality is they don't know me anymore yeah now see that's where you hit the nail on the head they do not know who you have become they know who you were and um i experienced that really in bloom while my sister was passing away and we were all in hospice and there we were for 11 days sitting together 35 of us on and off and no one asked any questions about our life we live 3000 miles away so when if i ever said anything or if i ever made a comment about anything i became and oh isn't that heavy okay. and oh yes so it became very apparent to me, all right, if you're going to get along with family, you have to recognize where they are. Not everyone is where you are. And I am not saying this because I'm bragging or I'm trying to be arrogant. It is just simply a fact. I am a different person than they are. Right. And what is important to me is not necessarily important to them. And I have to accept that. But to try and find my self-worth by making them listen to me so that I can change their life in some way it's just not going to happen. Nope. There are ways that we can help siblings, adult siblings, um, work with the wounds that have occurred. Things like, if this is important to you, go ahead and make the first move. Go ahead and reach out and make that phone call. Be the bigger person and say, you know, you're important to me. And I want this relationship to be important again. So I'd like to meet you and go to a neutral location. Go to a park. And just basically see, you know, let's talk about a few key issues that I think, and then the key issues you think have separated us over time. The most important thing is to listen to the words, but don't respond to the anger. Right. Just go ahead and listen to the words because that's their point of view. Mm -hmm. Also be keenly aware of what's going on in your own body, because these are your childhood wounds and they have a life of their own. And the first place that you'll notice where you're about to dump into anger and join the anger party is your breathing. Mm. You'll start noticing that if you're starting to get attacked and you're feeling attacked and you want to respond, your breathing starts getting a lot more rapid. Or for me, I hold my breath. Then I start getting right. dizzy. 
Yes. I found myself doing that while I was home listening to specific sibling or cousins, you know, basically lecture me for bat lack of a better word about how much they knew about whatever. And I, I found myself just like my jaw was tight. My body was tight and yeah. I just couldn't, um, I just couldn't breathe. Right. And, and so those are your personal red flags. And that is your body saying, pay attention to me. You're going down the wrong path right now for who you are in the now. Don't go there because if you do, you know, what's going to happen. Oh yeah. It'll be go time. Yeah. It'll be go time. And, and it's a bloodbath with siblings. It's a bloodbath. Yep. Um, you want to try and repeat back to them what you heard them say, just like we do with kids, because this is where it gets really, really murky. You want to avoid, as we all learned during the pandemic, avoid politics, avoid the hot topic, oh, sure. avoid the, you did this to me, just stay with one or two things. When the last piece of advice I would say is when you're in a sibling situation, adult siblings, and they're trying to monopolize the situation, take you down, bait you, whatever, go silent. What happens is the message you're sending is I'm present. You see my eyes. I'm fully aware of what you're saying. I refuse to engage. And this person who's doing this will tire of the one-way conversation. Mm -hmm. Very, much so. Very much so. Very much so. So um, I have a question for you that, that you know, I've been thinking about because there's part of me that goes, okay, I might be a really terrible person inside. And I just don't know it. This is what goes on in my head. I doubt that, but go ahead. <laughs> I, I, I do not paint myself the victim, but the facts are I've been a single mom for 15 years. I've been through lots of emotional trauma. I left an abusive marriage and I have had some significant challenges in my life. Why is it I have zero sympathy for family members or close friends that complain to me about things when they have so much more than me? You know, like when they come and complain to me about their husband and I'm like, well, I kind of would like a husband to yell at, you know what I mean? Like, or they, they complain, like one of them complained about um, she has three cars and now the neighbor's suing them and they won't be able to get their new car. And I've been driving the same car for like 15 years. And this is where I start to fade away. Sharon, I start to feel invisible going like, does no one know that I had, you know, so much hardship and it really came up with my cancer stuff. I had a family member that was talking about this tooth thing and that oh they're treating it like it's cancer it's just like cancer it's it's not cancer but and i'm like at no point did you ask me how i'm faring after 14 months of cancer treatment so part of me gets first of all i feel like i'm fading away like i'm invisible i'm just like ephemera in the room and then the other part of me is like i can give you no sympathy because you are so profoundly blessed. You've never been sick. You've never been divorced. You've never had a foreclosure. You have a wonderful husband, beautiful kids, lots of money, and you don't have to work. And so I have all this rage come out going, why on earth would I give you any sympathy? And that's where I'm like, okay, am I a really horrible person? 
No, but what you're not, and I don't know that you'll like my answer. Probably not. (laughs) Um, But what I would say is that relationship is finished and your body is sending you information that you are complete and you're not walking away because you're not getting any of the nourishment that you need, none of the acknowledgement that you need. What you're getting is you're getting someone to challenge you. We have to look at them and say, okay, well, I don't align with this. This is not how I see. I don't think that's really a big deal in your life. I see that you do. Right. So I have a choice. Are you involved in my life and important in my life that I can step back and give you the empathy that you're so craving, even though you, I hate to use this word, but you're not really paying attention to what's going on in the bigger picture. Um, You know, I mean, after everything that's happened with the pandemic and now everything is happening with Russia, I think we need to have a bigger point of view here. Yes. Well, that's it. That's, and there are those of us that do, and there are those that do not. And I, instead of getting on the bandwagon of reputationalizing them and complaining about them, which just lowers me to playing in their mud, I'm just going to move on. And it might mean that I'm lonely. It might mean I have no friends. I certainly have been through this because I am not a superficial person. I don't know if you know that about me. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> well, but I look at our friendship that you know spans years now, and it's like I get nourishment from you. You get, I hope, nourishment yes. from me. You know, we we and there's no like there's no icky feelings of competition. There's just like, yeah. hey, you want to collaborate on this, or how are you doing with this, like. And it's weird that I could have this relationship, let's use my relationship with you versus a relationship with a family member and just feel so like attacked and hurt and that it's a one-way street. And then, so I, that's why I was going, is there something really wrong with me? Because I think there's a lot of us that feel like we can be friends with people, but then sometimes we can't be friends with our own family members. And, you know, if in a perfect world, my son, Max said this, he goes, mom, would you choose this family member as your friend ever? And I'm like, no, no. But what did this family member bring to your personal growth? That's the back end of this, because in relationship to this sibling, you learn things. And you're changing your life as a result of having this person in your life. And if it means letting them go and moving on to a different group of friends or healing that, then that's the gift that person gave you. And it's hard. It's very, very hard. I have let go of a lot of people. In fact, I'm now out on the podcast circuit and I had a very interesting day yesterday. First time, three things happened. Um, And they were unrelated, but related. I attempted, somebody contacted me and said, I'd love for you to be a guest on our podcast. But she was talking about um, religious indoctrination and physical abuse. And I said, it's really not a match for me. And she attacked me. She came back in the DM. She attacked me and said, why don't you think parenting is helpful for these people? I said, I did not say that. I'm sorry if I miscommunicated. I was totally respectful. What I'm bringing this up for is not because of her, but because there are certain people in this world that embrace their drama. Mm. They strap that drama to them. It's part of their backpack. They never leave the house without it. It defines them. It gives them a reason for living. And more importantly, and here's the hard part, it gives them a reason not to grow. Right. If they let go of it, they have to grow. 
Right. And, and they very- lose that. If they let go of it, they lose that malignment shtick that yes. they they live for. Yes. And so my sense was after being attacked that this was the flavor of that group. And I'm not doing that. And I have the right to make that choice. Of course. I have the right to make that, you know, to live my values and to be present where I know that I can be of service. I cannot be of service with people that would do that because again, like you with your, your family member, I, I don't, I, I don't do that. No. And you can't be an expert to all people on all things. I mean, thank you do get, they do get like, you know, they do get cranky. Like they've asked me to speak on certain military issues and I can't, and I won't because I won't do a disservice to your show. And I won't do a disservice to our family, you know, our, our military family by speaking about things that I'm not qualified to speak on. Yes. I can speak on a lot of things, but there's some things, there's a lot of things I can't. And that's why there's tons of speakers out there. So exactly. that exactly, exactly. I wanted, I wanted somebody who was more specialized in being able to help them let go of their trauma. That's not my wheelhouse. My wheelhouse is everyday solutions. How do you make it? How do you deal with it? And I specifically chose that niche because that's what my soul is about. And your experience and your, your everything. book, your everything. everything. Like, when I called you and asked you, you want to do a show on siblings, I was thinking, well, you know, Sharon's a parenting expert and, you know, maybe we can take it from the parenting expert point of view. But if you had told me, you know what, parent, you know, siblings, how parents should handle siblings is my wheelhouse, but talking about adult siblings is not then you have to go, thank you for making my show better that I'm not bringing somebody on the show talking out of her ear. Right. And I don't think that anybody wants to listen to a host and a guest argue or try and one up each other. And I felt like that was what was going to happen. So, you know, I mean, this happens every day and we all have to embrace this. And I think that after the pandemic and we're not finished with the pandemic, Um, it's really going on. There has been a great deal of emotions and anger and frustration that has risen. And for some people, they are dumping it on anyone they meet. That's right. And for some of us, it's like, no, I'm sorry, I can't do that. So with siblings, I've noticed, um, you know, I have, like I said, my in-laws, it's an enormous family. There's many siblings and some siblings just go after each other. Yeah. And that is just, and the words that they use and what they say to each other breaks my heart. And I finally had to say, wait a minute, how would you feel if someone said that about you? Right. And, and why is that not enough to stop you? Right. I mean, these are, they get, but they get, I can tell you, we had that go on at home too. One family member went after another family and they, one family member is 88. He's old. He's like not a good, you know, person to go after and a pastor. So good luck with that. But, you know, didn't stop this family member anyway. And it was interesting to me to watch again. I, I spent a lot of time just stepping back and watching how this family member went to this family member, to this family, to malign the other family member to bring them on to this family member's, you know, side and point of view. And I'm like, you're flipping 60, like get over yourself. Like he's 88. 
you know, you know, at some point, you know, I didn't say anything, which again, I stayed out of it, but it was interesting to watch how the other families, some people got involved. Some people were like, this is stupid. I'm not getting involved. And, you know, it was just like a, a, a it was fun to watch. It was sad, but it was fun to watch. Well, for those, for those of us in the industry, as I call it my laboratory, I asked my husband, I said, when I go to Disneyland, it's like my laboratory. I, I could really go, you know? Oh. So, you know, it, the sibling thing is, is really, I mean, my, my parents' siblings should have been um, a red flag for me about what was going to happen between me and my sibling. Mm-hmm. My father and his sister um, stood on ceremony all the days of their life. They did not get along. My father would wait for my aunt to call. My aunt would wait for my father to call, even though they missed each other. It right. took my father getting Alzheimer's for me to step in there and go, knock it off you two. Here's the phone. Right. You know, um, sometimes I do get involved when I think that it's for the greater good. But usually I ask, do you want me to get in there on your behalf? Do you want me to say something? Most of the time it's no, but then I have fulfilled my values and my level of saying, I'm not abandoning you. I'm asking your permission. Right. And that I think is really valuable in, in this day and age. Well, and I think, you know, one of the things that you brought up was about this kind of like anger and frustration people have had because of, you know, everything that's gone on in the last couple of years. And again, this is where like, maybe I'm missing that sympathy chip, but I really it's so hard for me to listen to some family members with these first world problems and friends who, you know, oh, I'm so sorry, you're only going to be a three car family, not a four car family, you know, you poor things, you know, as the Ukrainians are sheltering in place and getting bombed in hospitals, like, you know, not that 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 doesn't make their pain any less. But do you think that but see i guess no i'm not even going to ask this question because it's like if, if if it was a client of mine i'd be still saying in the back of my head oh you poor first world person like yeah and and here's the thing i you know i'm older than you are and when i started my spiritual journey it was back in the 60s okay i'm a boomer and yeah we did like s and all that good stuff and what i came to understand is that during that time when we were all first doing this there was a term being bandied around that i think is starting to rise again, spiritual arrogance, spiritual Mm. entitlement, where because I see that you're not paying attention to Russia and the Ukraine, and because I see that you're materialistic, I am better than you. Yes, because that's what it comes down to. That That is what it comes down to. And so you kind of have to say, okay, I'm going to reframe that for me because I need to step out of that stupid spiritual arrogance and simply say, you see it differently than I do. I do not align with that. I don't hold the same value to it that you do. I suppose life will be teaching you something that it's not going to be teaching me. I mean, I'm trying to be as neutral as I can possibly be because everyone in the back of their mind goes, are you kidding me? Right, exactly. Well, and that's the thing is like, you know, spiritual, um, sorry, arrogance, but there's also sibling arrogance and the sibling, you know, going down the pecking order, you know, the older one is just, you know, supposedly, you know, so much more everything, but you know, by the time you're forties, fifties, sixties, like that playing field, that's over. Like just because you're grandma first or grandpa first doesn't mean you and you know anything more than I do. It just means you were a grandma or grandpa first. Yeah, that's all it really means. Everybody, I mean, I 
recently in the last couple months, you know, you were telling me that um, Zach had said something about your family had this really clear picture of how the family was going. And my son had done the same thing to me, only the picture was referred back to my husband and I about something that we had been doing in our life. Mm. And I thought, okay, well, I, I took a breath and I said, well, my first thoughts are, excuse me, I'm the parent, that's kind of, you know. So then I said, well, that's dumb. And then I thought, well, he's on target. I'm reacting. That's the truth. I'm not happy about it. I'm not happy my son sees it, you know? And so I started to unpack it. And that's what I meant about the 90 seconds. It's like, I was totally honest about my feelings. He made a statement. I could have jumped down his throat. Instead, it was like interviewing myself. What are you pissed about? Well, it's the truth. Okay. So then that unravels. I made that choice, that choice, and that choice. And it ended me up here. It landed me here. And I'm not happy about that. And my kids saw it. So, you know, our siblings know us from when we were sweet and we were kind and when we were cute. And they've been around us when we weren't so sweet and kind and cute. And some siblings, like I have my best friend, she and her sister get along brilliantly. They adore each other. And she is always there to tell me, I'm really sorry what's going on with you and your sister. I'm sorry you don't have that relationship. She said, but I love you. And I'm like, thank you. Yes, because it is hard when you have a close sibling that you just can't flip and stand. Yeah. You know, and, you know, and I listened to you about like, you know, bridging, you know, having conversations. And then I'm like, you know, it goes back to four years old, five years old, as long as I can remember. Why would I bridge this person just because they're in the same family unit? There's the words out of my mouth. Eight million people on the planet. Like, what are you doing spinning my wheels? Okay, but the truth is they are family and we do love them. We love them because they are family and because we share the same DNA and we love them because we love them. We love Um, them from afar. And and you're listening to us. And if you could see both of our faces right now, you would laugh. But um, but the truth is we don't have to like them and we don't have to include them in our lives, especially if they are not helping us in any way, if they're not supportive, if they're attacking us, if they're minimalizing us, we don't have to include them. And just because they're family, where do we ever get the idea that we do? I think that, you know, that that's like a parent thing, you know, parents tell you, you know, you, you got to figure out a way to get along with your brother, you got to figure out a way to get along with your sister. And I bought into that for a long time. And I really did try, you know, you've been my friend a long time, you know, I've tried, you know, various things over the years. But at the point I'm at in my life now, it's like, it's hard enough for me to, you know, run my business, take care of my kids, be a good person. I don't need to put my self-esteem back together with regular interactions from certain family members. Exactly. And I, the statement of you have to get along. Um, I said that to my children and I would say, look, let me explain what I mean by that. Because you know, my family history, you know, your grandparents' family history, and you know, your dad's family history. Mm -hmm. So what I mean by that is the two of you are going to watch your father and I die. The two of you are going to be left when we are gone. You're going to have to find a way to communicate and work together in order to accomplish that. If you choose not to like each other, that is your business. It will break my heart, but it is your business, but you do need to get along. 
Yeah. And I think that that really changes the dynamic. It's like, you're not always going to love your sibling. No. And it is possible to heal. My sister and I are working very hard right now and we appreciate each other. We appreciate that we have the same history. We appreciate that if something comes out of my mother's mouth that is from our past, I can call my sister and go, okay, eye roll moment, you ready? And she goes, I gotcha, let me have it. Yeah. <laughs> and we just, we are, our agreement is, that it is a sacred space when we call it an eye roll moment. It's a sacred space where neither one of us gets to judge what happened. It's just a venting moment. And if I didn't have that, my head would explode. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you so much for being my guest today. Uh, Sharon Silver, Proactive Parenting. And you guys can check her out. She's got a great book out there. She's got lots of good things on her website. That's proactiveparenting.net. We will be back again next week with another great episode. Thanks for spending time with us today on Military Mom Talk Radio. We've got more than 200 episodes available to you anytime on iTunes or at our website, MilitaryMomTalkRadio.com. Find us on Facebook or Twitter. We look forward to another great conversation with you on Military Mom Talk Radio.